Everywhere around them were signs that a remarkable era was drawing to a close, but few doubted that this man the local gossip columnists occasionally referred to as the godfather of Silicon Valley would put on a star-studded party as outsize and unreal as the boomtime valley itself. Conway lives in Atherton, a genteel Silicon Valley enclave where homes routinely sell for $5 million, and it's not uncommon for a house to list for a sales price of $20 million or more. The grid of lanes and ways in this town of 7,800 has no curbs or sidewalks, and the street signs are mini Washington monuments featuring street names etched in stone. The Conways routinely throw shindigs for 500 guests or more, so in the days leading up to the Carvey Buffett party, the family went through what by that time had become an accustomed pre-party routine. A small squadron of off-duty Atherton cops was hired to patrol the grounds, and one of the three Conway sons was dispatched to slip flyers into mailboxes warning neighbors in advance about the approaching confab. Conway likes to hire a live band to play at his bigger bashes, but on this spring night he hired two, one for the cocktail hour and another for dancing later in the evening. He also put several extra off-duty cops on the payroll, including a few lined up to work undercover. The last thing I needed, Conway says, was for something to happen to Buffett while he was on my property. That night, the street in front of Conway's home was clogged by wall-to-wall limousines, while the valets served the single-digit millionaires who pulled up in their BMW 325i's and Porsche Boxsters. One guest counted five Ferraris, two Lamborghinis, and a Rolls. In many ways, Conway serves as a perfect specimen for understanding the Internet frenzy that gripped the valley at the close of the last century. Considered from that perspective, the party was as much a wake as it was a celebration. Here, in the geographical and spiritual center of entrepreneurial Silicon Valley, the Digerati gathered for what some would later describe as a final hurrah. Conway is chunky and of average height, a florid man with an aquiline nose and small mouth. He wears steel-framed glasses, and his snow-white hair always seems as perfectly clipped as a putting green at Pebble Beach. If you passed him on the street, you'd be more likely to peg him as a successful Midwestern insurance salesman than as one of the two or three best-connected people in Silicon Valley. He has dazzling blue eyes and a refined, slightly effeminate tinge to his voice that serves to take the edge off an otherwise boisterous and loud personality. On that night of the party in the portentous spring of 2000, Conway was 49 years old, though he looked much older. The night before the party, Conway spent hours reviewing his guest list. He was disappointed that many of the Valley's A-list stars had sent their regrets. He didn't really know Oracle's Larry Ellison, then the world's second richest man, or Apple's Steve Jobs, or Linus Torvalds, the only man in Silicon Valley widely believed to be capable of walking on water. But Conway has always lived by the credo that it can't hurt to ask. Besides, plenty of the valley's brightest lights had RSVP'd in the affirmative. 
the Internet's first boy wonder, Mark Andreessen, would be there, as would its newest, the 19-year-old founder of Napster, Sean Fanning. So were a respectable number of the Valley's true royalty, the venture capitalists who wrote the multi-million dollar checks Internet companies use to fund their explosive growth, and the investment bankers who took them public. Conway pored over his guest list to remind himself which entrepreneurs he needed to introduce to which money men.